What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the rebranded Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast. I have new intro music, I have new cover art, I have a new recording location. Let's get into it. Today is a solo cast with myself, Patty, where I'll talk about what sleep is, why it's so important, what happens if we don't get enough of it, as well as present to you some tangible, practical strategies for not only getting a better quality sleep, but getting to sleep quicker it's a very interesting episode i feel personally let's get into it that is me sipping on clean filtered ice cold h2o from my fridge in our filter because my roommate and I are not exactly sure if Boston water is completely safe to drink because to be honest from the tap it kind of looks a lot like milk there's so much lime I think in it that yeah it's coming out like very cloudy so we said let's let's go with the filter anyway Welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast. If you're wondering why my sound is a little better and the fidelity, in the words of the great blind boy, is improved. I think, I hope it's improved. It's because I'm standing in my closet, lads. I'm standing here in my closet. This is also because my roommate is quite loud when he cooks and cleans the kitchen, which he does a lot, which is good in one way. And tough in another way. But anyway, you got to take the good with the bad. So, this is the new rebranded, new intro music, Ubuntu podcast. I am diving in currently to see if I can call it Ubuntu, just Ubuntu, without the, the nutrition. Because I plan to move into other areas as well. And, you know, just expand my domain around... Uh, which I speak so kind of want to bring in some mindset specific episodes self-improvement I want to start doing some food meditations which I'm really excited about it's something I haven't heard anyone do I mightn't have made it up but I've made it up myself where it's a 10 minute episode or a 15 minute episode and it's literally like a meditation but you do it you listen to it while you eat a meal and it's for those people that struggle to eat mindfully. They eat because they're stressed, because they're eating out of habit. So they might be watching Netflix and eating out of habit. And they haven't really been able... They've heard about mindful eating. You know, mindful eating is being hammered home all over social media right now. But they might not be able to grasp it yet. And I have been working around this area for a long time now I've been practicing it myself because it was literally paradigm shifting for me like I haven't tracked food in years now and I did struggle with my weight I did struggle with my you know dietary habits so mindful eating has been revolutionary for me and I really hope to kind of bring bring it down to your level if you haven't been able to wrap your mind around it because I know I wasn't able to okay so anyway that's I want to bring in those topics into the podcast so and I suppose that is in nutrition I you would say but 
I want to go looking at mindset. I want to look at self-improvement. Um, different areas of psychology and sociology that I'm obviously not going to be talking about anything, you know, that requires a degree. I'm not even going to be going near that, but I love the, like, the different sociological constructs and how they pertain to health and wellness and your dietary habits and patterns. So I just, I, I hope to kind of talk about those a bit as well. Anyway, whoa. It's also Pancake Tuesday. So Lent, the traditional Lent starts tomorrow. So I suppose what I'm going to do is I'm going to practice doing one take. One take pa going forward. All right, today's episode, we are going to talk about sleep. I've been on a roll with sleep on my different platforms and in my different jobs over the past two weeks. Literally, I did a presentation during the LIT, actually it's still on, it's a health and wellness week, uh, challenge, six week challenge, and they asked me to be a speaker. And so I did a presentation on Instagram Live uh, around sleep and 10 I think I did 10 tips to improve your sleep some of which I'll present tonight to you guys and then what else did I do I wrote a blog for my company around sleep I for the company I consult with I also wrote two articles over the past two weeks on my platform research bites which I work on alongside Evan Lynch and I've done a few social media posts about it too so really really on a roll with sleep and I said why not do it podcast as well squeeze all every last drop of content you can anyway okay i'm going to dive in soon now but i want to tell you my little story you know how i i tell a little unrelated story um at the start of some episodes just to kind of transition you into a nutrition podcast you know to welcome everyone who might be apprehensive towards nutrition and yeah I just think it's nice it's nice because everybody can listen and understand where I'm coming from um, compared to if I was to just jump straight in to the nuts and bolts of nutrition but to be honest lads I don't think I've ever done a podcast where I'm going too over your head I always use this one rule could my parents who never studied nutrition could they listen and understand what I'm saying and I guess I have struggled with that in some episodes, maybe, but it's something I'm always working on. Okay, so my story. I'm in Boston. It's very, very icy here, and we get we don't get a lot of rain. Sorry, I meant to say it's very, very cold here, okay? And we don't get a lot of rain here as well. It's, it's not like Ireland, you know, it's cold, it's real bleak, but it doesn't rain a lot. Last night, that changed, and we had rain. And it was very cold. And what happened was there was these thin layers of ice. It's this black ice. And I'd never experienced it really. Lads, it was carnage. So I'm walking out the door, right? And down the street, I'm going to pick up tha uh, Thai food because <laughs> oh, I left a glass oven tray on my hob. I was cooking salmon last night. So I put the glass tray up, I defrosted the salmon, 
and the, the glass tray was on the hob and then I put, you know, I was just leaving it there until I had defrosted the salmon to put it on and then into the oven. Then I had a pot that I put onto the hob, on, on a different hob, to cook my rice in. I turned on that hob, or at least I thought I did, and then went back, you know, chopping the veg. And all of a sudden, it, the, uh, the glass tray literally blew up. It didn't crack, it blew up into smithereens all around the kitchen. So basically, I turned on the wrong hob. I turned on the one underneath the glass cooking tray or oven tray. And I guess because it's a direct point of contact, that's what my sister told me, it can't deal with that. Even though, I mean, it goes into an oven at 450 degrees Fahrenheit for several hours, right? So I don't know. Maybe someone can help me out with that. So that's not the story, though. That's not the story. I walk out of my house, or I order Thai, I'm like, I'm not cooking, because I had to clean glass for about an hour. And I have this little, you know, you have a little near miss where you, you get that slip and the heart drops and you're like, <gasps> but you, you balance, you get upright. And I'm walking and there's this guy coming against me and he seems kind of like, I don't know, he wasn't, he, di he didn't see the ice around. He was oblivious to the situation, right? And so I literally look to him and I'm like, hey man, watch out for the, and I completely flip. Like, I don't know how I hit it with such momentum. Right up into the air, like something you see in a cartoon and onto my right hip, onto my right hip. And it is really bad. It's really sore now. <laughs> Wallet foam went everywhere and he comes up and he has a bike. He's walking his bike and he comes up. He's like, no, 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 no. You be careful, bud. <laughs> so I was hobbling down and the worst thing was I, uh, I went to a jujitsu introductory session today because I'm going to try. I really wanted to try that and I could barely move in it. But anyway, what the lesson is from that is, uh, and it's a lesson that I read in Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. Make sure your house is in order before you tell someone how to, I think it's clean theirs, or to organize theirs. Make sure that your life and the habits and routines you practice on a daily basis are all purposefully there. They have purpose. They're bringing you towards your goals and you're content with them before telling other people what habits they should cut out or introduce. I think I was talking to my sister recently who told me about this. You know you're on Zoom, Snapchat calling, WhatsApp calling people just literally for an hour or two sometimes you... you and you're not really talking about like what's the crack or what's the news you just start talking about like deeper philosophical ideas i don't know if that's happening to you guys but over covid when you have more time on your hands you actually talk about deeper deeper things because there's no news anymore right so you're not like all right so any news there you actually just start really talking um but my sister said it's funny because oftentimes when you when you have a problem with someone or something they do is annoying you it can be you feeling self-conscious about you're doing that or or something similar, something you do that you don't like that you're feeling self-conscious about and that surfaces or manifests itself in your anger towards someone else doing it, right? 
and I thought that was very good. I was like, geez. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that for sure. So make sure your house is in order. That's my little tip. And now we're 11 minutes and 30 seconds in. Okay, moving on. Today we're going to discuss sleep, as I mentioned. And it's not going to be a long one, so it's fine that I went in 10, 11 minutes. I'm basically just going to cover sleep, uh, what it is, right? Why we need it, what happens if we don't get enough of it. And I'm going to give you 10 to 12 tips on how you can improve your ability to not only fall asleep, but also improve the quality of your sleep. Two very, very different things and two issues. Some people have no problem falling asleep, but they wake up tired as ever. Some people have a lot of trouble falling asleep, but they do get quality sleep when they do sleep, right? Or they don't, they might not necessarily have trouble falling asleep. They just stay up late on purpose, right? Okay. So what is sleep? Sleep is defined as a reversible period where an individual is disengaged and unaware of their environment, right? It's not fully understood why we need it. Researchers haven't fully elucidated um, the physiological mechanisms or benefits, right? But we do know the detrimental impacts of not sleeping. So what I say here is, okay, we might not know exactly why we need it, because our brains are active. That's what confuses researchers. It would be very understandable if the brain was completely dormant, right? If it just completely shut down or dwindled down. But what happens in our deeper stages of sleep is the brain activity actually increases to levels similar to when we're awake. So that's kind of what perplexes researchers. So what I tried, what, back to what I was saying, all you have to do is stay up a whole night. So do an all-nighter to see how important sleep is. You know, you, we've all done it and it feels honestly terrible. So that's what sleep is. And when we look at, when we break it down, there's four or five, depending on the date of the research study you look at or the researcher you refer to, but there's four or five stages of sleep, right? And these are categorized, categorized into two overarching phases, non-REM, which is non-rapid eye movement. So N-R-E-M, non-REM and REM, rapid eye movement sleep. There are the two overarching phases. REM sleep only has one phase in it. And then non-REM has the three or four other phases. Okay. When you're lying in bed, reading a book or on the phone, and you're getting that first onset of sleepiness where you know you're transitioning in and out of lucid sleep almost where you're like if you get startled you're like wait was i asleep there you know you kind of internalize some of the things going on around you if you're watching a show you might find yourself listening to a, listening to it along but kind of being in a state of sleep that's non-rem phase one okay that's the the one where your body just starts slowing down everything your blood pressure is decreasing a small bit your heart rate is decreasing and then you just transition through non-rem 2 non-rem 3 with each stage everything slows down more and more okay you progress deeper and deeper into your sleep your brain waves slow down 
until you hit REM sleep, and that's when everything starts to pick up again. Okay, this usually happens at about 80 or 90 minutes in, and like I said, brain activity, brain waves start to pick up, resembling that of wakefulness, heart rate, uh, blood pressure start to increase as well. Not to the point of wakefulness, I'm pretty sure, but considerably higher than that of the deepest non-REM stage. Then you have this thing called muscle atonia, where your mind is active, okay, but your body and your limbs are paralyzed. Why is this? Well, this is the phase, REM sleep, where we dream. This is where we get most of our dreams, and that's where they occur. If we were not, or if we were able to move our limbs, what do you think would happen in our dreams? We'd probably act them out. Okay, and that would be, that would be chaos. Chaos, sorry. Chaos. I was going to say carnage. But I already said that. I don't know, I'm very nervous today. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's because I'm standing up. Let me take another sip of water. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's it's because I'm doing one take. Yeah, I made the rule myself. I'm only going to do one take for the next few weeks. So we've gone through sleep, what it is. Uh, let's talk about what happens if you don't get enough of it. Right. Um, if you just deprive yourself yourself of an hour or two a night and you build up a sleep deficit, Cognitive impairments will ensue, and these are definitely one of the most well-known and noted impairments. Uh, things like reaction times, uh, problem solving, you'll have irritability, um, focus. Then what can also happen is increased susceptibility to anxiety, and if chronic, if your sleep deprivation is chronic, so which means long-term, uh, severe anxiety and depression can be a result. Now, I haven't done a literature review, so I'm not gonna name specific studies based on uh, for all these. I just took a look at one or two reviews, and these were the things that they, that cropped up, right? Um, weight gain and appetite, and I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna talk about a, a quick study looking at um, impaired weight loss. All right, so you might've seen it on my Instagram, if you are following a caloric deficit, you might say, if I'm in a deficit, a calorie is a calorie. That's all I've been hearing. So if I'm following a deficit, there's no way that whether I sleep eight hours or five hours should matter. And you, you, you're kind of right in a way, but in another way, you're not. So that's, that's why nutrition is so crazy. Because yes, a calorie is a calorie. And if you're technically in a deficit, then yes, you should lose weight but I'll dive into that in a bit, okay? So weight gain and appetite. Um, this is through a variety of mechanisms. So first off, when you're sleep deprived, you have a higher level of stress and kind of anxiety. And one of the ways in which you can kind of quell these or satisfy or feel good is to consume salty, sugary, highly palatable, as we call it, things that are nice on the palate, foods, right? That's why, that's one of the reasons when you wake up from a night of excessive alcohol consumption, right? Or a night of boozing. <laughs> the, 
you feel like the next morning you feel like junk, right? Well, one of the reasons is because you're dehydrated, all right, and you have this affinity towards sodium-rich foods, but also you feel like fatty foods, right? Savory foods, sweet foods, because you're trying to get that dopamine release, that feel good, that you're trying to get the hedonic feeling from those foods. And so your hedonic drive increases, which is basically the drive to feel good. All right. And we get those through those foods. So if you eat more of them, just looking at that, theoretically, they're energy dense and they'll result in greater likelihood of weight gain. And there's other ways in which you can gain weight as well, which is attributed mostly to hormonal changes. So something like, which I'll get into in a minute, a hormone called ghrelin, right? This is, you can just think of growl. It's a hormone that makes us hungrier. It stimulates the appetite. And this is increased in people that are sleep deprived, right? So this hormone is increased, which means you're going to be hungrier. Outside of what we just talked about, looking at, you know, you want, you want to feel good. You're actually going to be physiologically hungrier because this hormone will be elevated. But what ghrelin also does, people, is it, it's a, it's a survival hormone, right? So if you think back to our ancestors, it was there for during periods of starvation. During periods of starvation, we, we needed to hold on to our fat stores, okay? In case we were going to go several weeks without food. And so what it does is it actually promotes fat retention. And that's the study I'm going to get into in a bit. All right. So impaired weight loss, weight gain, appetite increase, um, then impaired muscle function and muscle adaptations in response to strength training. Yes. Right. I didn't look into the physiology of this, but if you just take it at surface level, if you are sleep deprived, you're not going to be able to go into the same intensity ranges in the gym as you would. And so what does this mean? You're going to adapt your muscle less. That's why we're in the gym to adapt, to put these adaptations, to cause our muscles to adapt in a positive manner so that they'll increase in size and they'll increase in weight holding or force resisting capacity. That's what a, a muscular adaptation is. A performance adaptation is being able to run at a higher intensity for longer. That's why we train. Okay. You could have a strategic or cognitive adaptation where you're just better at navigating your way around the field. All right. That's the kind of theory side of sports training or team training, but adaptation just means improvement for subsequent performance. And something I just recently see saw i didn't really dive into the research here but i have heard it several times from trusted researchers those who sleep this was from dr ronda patrick those who get less than five hours of sleep at night consistently have a greater risk of dementia and alzheimer's in old age so i don't have the references i just heard it from ronda patrick uh on her channel and then also digestive issues can uh, can be a very common adverse side effect of insufficient sleep because 
your levels of stress throughout the day are higher and that can lead to increased acid release in the stomach and irritability inflammation uh, it's something i actually use a personal example to be completely honest i've been going through recently and i'm coming out the other side of it but my stomach was kind of in bits for about two or three weeks there and it was because i was uh, well sorry I feel it was because I was not getting enough sleep and I had a higher level of stress. The reason for sleep, not getting enough sleep, uh, I just, I wasn't taking it seriously enough. And I guess that's kind of unconsciously why I've gone through these string, this string of content uh, episodes to kind of tell myself to cop the fuck on as well, which I have, which I have. And some of the things I've started doing consistently that... Those are what I'm going to share with you guys today. So anyway, that's it. Now comes the juicy parts, right? So here's where uh, my sponsor has an ad. It'll pop up. So just listen through that. It'll be 30 seconds. Don't worry. It's class. I'm getting paid to do this. Fucking class. Cool. So. You must have heard my ad there. Anyway, just want to thank them for coming on board, those sponsors, unreal. Right, some tips. Here we go. I haven't counted them, so I'm sure I called the, the episode title 13 tips or whatever, how many there is, but let's dive in. First off, in, a, in no particular order, keep it cool. So remember I said the first initial phase, phases of sleep are characterized by a drop in body temperature, a drop in blood pressure, a drop in heart rate. How can we help or assist our body do this? By starting that process. And how do we do that? We drop the temperature. So that's why some say it's not good to have a very hot shower before bed. Some say it is because then your body will actually kick in its cooling mechanism where it actually cools you down right so I, I haven't looked at that i haven't seen anything on that i'm not sure but i know that if i get out of a hot shower my blood's pumping right i'm roasting and if i go into a hot room i know my blood pressure and my heart rate are higher than they would in a colder room after maybe not a shower so i would say avoid the hot shower and maybe shower earlier in the day if that's you know an option or wait till the next morning unless you stink and keep the room temperate or cool not cold you don't want it too ridiculously cold because that's going to have a worse effect in the opposite direction you're going to be shivering your body's not going to be able to transition into the restful state because it's trying to warm itself up all right your metabolism will increase you want your body to be as calm as it can like this in this whispering voice so keeping it cool uh one tip is to just open your window a crack however if you're in a noisy area that can be a problem most people in ireland are in residential areas um, i don't think a huge amount of people are in the city right now so i'm sure it's okay just crack it open a small bit and yeah or just don't put the heating on that's usually cold enough for a lot of people especially during the winter Okay, keep it consistent. So this is a very, very important, important one. I really should have ranked these. 
there is this famous prolific researcher who I can't remember the name of that boiled down sleep and the ability to, to get to sleep and to have a high quality sleep to two main things. The first one was following your or aligning your sleep times with your circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm is basically your biological clock. Okay, it's how your body shuts all your metabolic processes down as you transition into sleep and how it activates it again as you come out of it. And that's mostly regulated by your perception of daylight. Okay, and as well, your consistency with that. So that's kind of where this point comes from. So he boiled down getting to sleep to following your circadian rhythm. And the other thing was sleep pressure, which is if you stay up all night, one night, the next day, you know that feeling you have, even if you just hit the pillow, you don't even need to read or distract yourself. You pass out. That's sleep pressure. It's the pressure to fall asleep. We're not going to touch that because I don't really want you to build up too much sleep pressure by staying up excessively late or anything like that. I'm just, I wanted to highlight the circadian rhythm side of things. Like it's obviously common knowledge that if you stay up all night, you'll sleep better the next day, right? <laughs> um, or you'll get to sleep faster. So keep you consistent, uh, have a regular sleep schedule. So whether that's three in the morning, I was talking to a friend who just recently told me um, his sleep schedule is kind of fucked and he goes to sleep at 3 a.m. and wakes up at 10 every morning. And I'm not saying like that's ideal, but it's better than going to bed at nine some nights and then three the next night, 10 the next night, four the other night, right? That's worse than going to bed consistently from what I've read than going to bed consistently at three till 10. All right. And there's actually a very interesting researcher, Andrew Huberman of Huberman Labs. He's very interesting on uh, Instagram. He's a neurobiologist and he specializes in sleep, right? And he has this video where he talks about some research that shows. Now, we're just talking about cognitive impacts. He said, when it comes to your cognition and the impacts of sleep deprivation, when people consistently slept at the same times, but slept only six hours a night, they had less impairments than those people that slept eight hours one night, six hours another night, eight hours, five hours, nine hours, four hours. Even though that group might have been getting more overall sleep. And I thought that was crazy. So it's just the importance of consistency. And when we talk about the sleep phases, it's probably a lot to do with it that your body is used to these times and it's used to transitioning in and out of these phases at the same time. All right. It builds up regularity. So let's keep it consistent. And that's point two. So keep it cool and keep it consistent. Uh, avoid caffeine five hours before bed. Yes, I said five. That means if you go to bed at nine, your cutoff is four. At least, at least because caffeine has a half life, which is the time it takes for it to clear half of it out of your blood stream uh, of about five hours. Okay. And you don't need to clear all the caffeine for it to, to basically, you don't need to clear the full amount of ca the full concentration of caffeine to kind of offset the effects of it. If that, if you know what I'm saying, a little bit of caffeine in your bloodstream 
won't have the same stimulatory effects as a full concentration of it. Okay, so avoid caffeine five hours before bed. Um, and obviously, you know what caffeine does, guys. It increases alertness. It increases fatigue. Or sorry, it increases the uh, your resistance to fatigue. So your ability to put up with fatigue. You notice it less. That's why it's used in high-intensity exercise because it can actually allow you to maintain higher intensities for longer. Okay, so that's point three. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I have one more point on that one. So I've often had people come to me, athletes say, caffeine's not really a problem for me. Uh, I have no problem passing out after a cup of coffee. No problem. I could have 10 cups of coffee a day and I'd be fine because I'm so used to it. Yeah, that's fine. But just because you're just because you've become kind of not resistant, but uh, desensitized to the effects of caffeine mentally, your body still processes it similarly, right? Maybe at different rates. Yes. But what that means is you might fall asleep. But remember, we're talking about the different phases. Your body might still be alert internally and not allow you to transition into that deeper stages of those deeper stages of sleep that you need for recovery okay they've done studies on that where they feed people caffeine and they go to sleep same time they give them the same amount of hours and i they have measures on the other end it could be subjective or it could be physiological cognitive tests memory oh yes one of the studies i read it was a, a memory task and those people that had caffeine before uh, performed poorly on the memory tasks so it's very interesting okay so that's point three we have keep it cool keep it consistent and avoid caffeine i'm still standing here in my closet dancing around point four read a book this is not backed up by science at all i've never seen a study that gave people books and compared to them to people who didn't read after but if you're like me reading book reading a book is like a sleeping pill literally on the nights that i can get myself to calm down relax and actually read a book I literally can only read it for about five minutes and I'm passed out so I'm not sure why that is I think it's because your mind is getting into a very focused kind of uni-dimensional state where you don't have a thousand things in your mind because you're just focusing on the words and you have to actually internalize what the author is writing so I feel like you're only focusing on that one thing and maybe that allows your body to really like transition into sleep state. But that's just kind of like a personal anecdote. Reading a book for me is just amazing. And then meditate. So this is backed up by science. Not meditate specifically, but what does meditating do? It brings you into a more relaxed state. If you can, <clears throat> if you've practiced it, right? And and you do find it beneficial and you can quieten the mind, you will be in a more relaxed state. And remember what I talked about when I'm looking at keeping it cool? Bringing your body into a more relaxed state will actually just, you're aiding that transition. Okay, you're down-regulating. And when you're more relaxed, your blood pressure is lower, your heart rate is lower, your body temperature will drop. Well, maybe not so much, but it will because your, your heart rate and blood pressure are lower. So meditating will assist that process and it'll bring you closer to that sleep state. All right. So what you can do, what is in your control 
is what you do right up until that point. So how can I get myself closest to that point? All right, so meditation. And that's where some supplements, which is the next point, come in. Like, um, So we're looking at anxiety-reducing supplements, valerian root, and magnesium drinks. What was the other one? Lavender. Different, different uh, remedies. Herbal tea can work for people. So, yeah, meditation is a good one. The Cam app, who I wish were sponsoring me. Uh, they have a brilliant 30-day meditation, which a friend just uh, turned me on to. And I'm at day 10 of it now, I think. So definitely recommend it. It actually gives you a lot of... I'm learning a lot about meditation. Like, it's really, really interesting. And it's a 10-minute meditation. Try it out, and you'll, you'll definitely... When you finish it, you'll be closer to that point where you can sleep. Okay, that is point five. Point six is supplementation. Consider it, uh, but not without trying these behavioral approaches or lifestyle modification approaches first. So you can look at melatonin. I know for most of my listeners in Ireland, melatonin is not over the counter. I think you have to be prescribed it, right? In America, you can buy it in a freaking grocery store. It's everywhere. Melatonin has been shown in some studies to lead to a faster sleep onset. So it'll reduce the time it takes for you to sleep. It has been shown. I haven't seen much in the area of improving quality. What it has been shown to do is improve sleep onset and quality in those people that are traveling across different time zones regularly. Why? Okay, melatonin, and we're, we're going to need this because my next few points are targeting melatonin. Melatonin is your, it's a hormone that's released in the, um, I think it's the pineal gland or the pineal gland. I was on the Pushing Limits podcast with Evan, my business partner, recently, and I said pineal and the lads we had to stop the podcast and cut it out because they actually cracked up. So if someone could help me out with the pronunciation of that, it'd be great. It's released from the pineal gland or the penile gland, is it? The penile. <laughs> okay. And what it does is it acts on the arousal centers of the, the, the brain and the body, uh, shutting them down, telling them to calm the fuck down. Uh, and that's what kind of reduces your meta your metabolic rate and everything slows down. So the release of melatonin increases with the onset of darkness, shuts everything down, and then is suppressed when your eyes perceive light and send those messages to the brain. Okay, natural sunlight, blue light. When, it's, when it perceives that light, it tells the brain, hey, chill out with the melatonin, bud. We need to wake this, uh, this human up. So the reason it works for people that are traveling across time zones is because those people, they're in a plane, they're not seeing these natural changeovers from light to darkness and darkness to light. And so by taking melatonin at their habitual sleep time from their, their home time zone, it can help their body to be consistent with the, with the increase in melatonin production because they're taking it, what we call exogenously, from externally in supplement form. So I always recommend 
look into behavioral and lifestyle approaches first okay before going to melatonin but look out here in america everyone pops it and then you have things like zma zma hasn't been investigated thoroughly at all there's i think there's three studies in total that have looked at them and findings have been very inconclusive uh it has been shown uh, subjectively to increase um dreams or dreaming and that is i think it's an interaction effect with uh, the b6 that's in zma but no real evidence to support its its benefit but no real evidence to support that it doesn't work either right so three studies means three studies that don't show a huge like effect small studies aren't convincing evidence to say it's not a good supplement and to add to that the placebo effect is one of the most well studied effects in uh, science so if you take zma and you feel great hey keep going but i will say it's made up of zinc and magnesium and vitamin b6 make sure you're not taking that taking a multivitamin taking a magnesium drink because that's a shitload of magnesium you're having same for zinc all right these are inorganic compounds you don't want too much of them okay so that's supplementation um, as i said you could look at valerian root you could look at lavender things that calm you down and then that is point one two three four five six number seven fall asleep at your natural tiredness point which i didn't phrase right at all basically what i mean here is it's kind of in line with the consistent schedule and the circadian rhythm but melatonin production will peak at a certain point for and for different people it's you know it's individual it's inter-individual but it's generally shortly after the onset of darkness pitch darkness um you know between six and ten you'll feel that point where you're like oh my god if i lay down right now i'd probably fall asleep come on come on bae, you can do it just take the shower or get your dinner done and then just hop into bed but it never works out you know i cook dinner i might stay up i might watch something i might play a bit of playstation with the roommate and then it's three or four hours later and what happens i'm wide fucking awake because and this is the next point i turn on a screen blue light your eyes perceive the blue light internalize it tell the brain chill out with the melatonin there's light here i think it's daytime bud because blue light is one of the it's the it's a it's a visible form of light that we also get from sun and it's been shown to suppress melatonin release okay so number one is fall asleep at your natural tired point and you know the next point number eight was stay off the screens an hour or two before bed you should really try to stay off screens from the point that that natural where you feel that natural tiredness if it's too early like 6 p.m that's fine but try to get off the screens and i don't mean get off screens where you can't look at your phone ever i mean just like not be staring and stuck to it not be watching netflix on this tiny little screen i mean you know cook your dinner talk chill out but don't but watch your netflix before it that's ah, kind of tough i mean you could watch some tv um put the the blue light blocking glasses on not that they're unbelievably effective but they can help um obviously the the iphone has the the night mode option where you can just turn it on and it's like this pink 
or this red, this low red glow instead of the bright blue light. And I have it on my screen right now because it's I'm standing in a fucking closet at eight o'clock recording this podcast. I still have to make some pancakes because it's Pancake Tuesday. Okay. Um, point number nine is clear out noise. These are these are very important. So I have earplugs next to my bed, and I also have a sleep mask, which I'll come to in the next point. But this kind of comes down to what I talked about with caffeine, where you might be able to get to sleep, but the effects that caffeine can have while you're asleep, you're not noticing. You might be able to get to sleep with the window open and the cars whizzing by, but when you are asleep, your body won't transition into deep restorative sleep because every single noise is alerting it. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah? What about that fidelity? Just giving you guys a symphony of noises here. So earbuds are great. Uh, or just make sure you're, I mean, in my room. My roommate's very loud. So I have this like strip under the door. It's like soundproofing strip, which doesn't do a fucking thing. Uh, I close my windows really, really tight. I have earbuds. And I'll tell you, lads, I don't use earbuds every night. Some nights I forget. Some nights I fall asleep listening to the office. But so I can't put the earbuds in. But when I do use those earbuds and I wake up, it's a vastly different sleep for me. And I don't think it's placebo because it's the first thing I notice when I wake up. Like I, the, the, the fact that I use the earbuds is not in my mind. Okay. And when I wake up, I'm like, Jesus, did I even dream? I was gone. I was out for the count. And that's, that's been happening consistently. So I'm actually very, very intrigued about this, uh, the impact that noise, external noises can be having. And the next one is keep it dark. Why do we keep it dark? Because that resembles pitch blackness when we want it to sleep, when we want to sleep. Okay. Um, we want it to be pitch black. We want melatonin to be ramped up our brain to say, oh shit, there's no light here. We really need to get to sleep. Okay. Um, that's point nine, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think so. Next point is exercise, but don't. Studies show that people who consistently exercise sleep better, sleep, uh, get to sleep faster, and are more alert and vigorous in the days after. They're just sleeping better. That's the simplest way to put it. When I say but don't, I mean do not, if you can, unless you're playing GAA, where you guys train late at night. Don't train within two to three hours of your bedtime because what's that doing? It's raising your heart rate. It's raising your blood pressure. It's increasing your body temperature. It's increasing dehydration. Boom, 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 boom. They are things that bring you further away from that natural point of sleep onset, right? So try and get your workout done in the, the morning or the afternoon if possible. If not, it's not the end of the world. Sometimes you can work out and after it's such a good workout that you're so drained that you'll just pass out of sleep. So it can, it can work the other way too, right? And that's, that's the thing with a lot of, a lot of nutritional concepts. They can work literally in opposite ways for different individuals. That's why I'm not coming on here being like, just do not exercise. There's no way you can. It's going to fuck up your sleep because for some people it might actually improve their sleep. 
but that's just a general recommendation. And then the last one is avoid massive meals or avoid meals in the same time period, you know, two hours before bed, because your body will be digesting that. And digestion is a metabolically active process, which increases energy production, or sorry, it, sorry, no, it uses energy, which will, what will happen when you use energy, you lose energy, your body heats up. So when you're exercising, right, and you're producing energy, and you're burning energy, most of that energy isn't actually used because our bodies are very inefficient at doing that. Most of that energy is lost. And how do we lose it? Heat, sweating, ex exhalation, our body temperature rises, veins come to the surface to release heat. Okay, so when you're eating, I mean, it's not going to be to, to the nearly to the extent of exercising, but that process is happening to a small degree. And yeah, you're just you're active in some ways, you're active, your your digestive system is active. And also, if you do fall asleep, the digestive process will be slowed down a bit because your body is shutting down essentially, right? And you might not digest that food fully, it might just sit there in your tummy. And maybe you wake up bloated or having to use the loo or something like that. So yeah, I would I would avoid major meals. Says me going for pancakes. Uh, sorry, it's nine o'clock. So, and I hope to get in bed for ten. So maybe I won't even have pancakes. We'll see. But that's uh, that's our tips. So there is eleven tips. Wow, that doesn't make a very catchy title, does it? <laughs> eleven tips. Anyway, look. There are your eleven tips for better sleep quality and faster sleep onset. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday. And I all I hope you all get an amazing sleep tonight. Thank you for listening. So there you have it, another episode. I hope you guys learned something. I hope you guys took something away. I hope I helped demystify some of the abundance of information out there surrounding sleep and all I want you to do is get a slightly better sleep than you did before you listen to this podcast if you have any questions pertaining to sleep specifically or nutrition as a whole you know where to find me at Ubuntu Nutrition on Instagram or Ubuntu Nutrition at gmail.com I do have one favor to ask you guys if at all possible please tell a friend about this podcast share it on your instagram and leave a review okay not all those three things any of them i'm just trying to get it out there i'm rebranding it i'm putting i'm going full steam ahead and you know my dream is to be one of the prominent nutrition podcasts in ireland maybe not even in ireland maybe beyond that but that's my dream so with that thank you so much for listening have a fantastic evening. Peace out.